Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what is up, Small Business Nation? It is Small Business Origins. You're tuned in to our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining me virtually in the studio, I've got an entrepreneur that wants to do just that from Kansas City. I've got Taryn Tyler. She's with Teacher Turned Trainer. Say that 10 times fast. Taryn, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It is my honor. And as always, I'm your host, John Kelly, aka John the Marketer on Instagram. And I'm pretty excited for this one. I mean, you reached out like I think a few days ago or a week ago or something like that. And I was reading your story and I was like, this is this is gonna be cool. I'm excited for this episode. I'm gonna enjoy this one, I know. But before we hop into it, as we do every single week, we have to start out with our icebreaker question. Today's icebreaker question is what was your most unique pet? Um, most unique pet. I, we've been a dog. I mean, ever since I was a kid, it's been dog after dog. It was usually uh, Labrador retrievers. I'd say my most unique pet was probably a turtle and it didn't last long. And I got it because we, we have a lake house. My family has a lake house in, um, Holiday Island, Arkansas. And when we were kids, we went and my sister ended up rescuing, a turtle on the side of the road and ended up like taking it home and became her pet and she named it Tex and I'm she's my older sister I'm the younger one so you know kind of got jealous that I didn't have a turtle Mm. and so we got another turtle that I named Tulsa to go along with the T theme because obviously I love the letter T I can tell yep (laughs) Um, (laughs) right but it didn't last long he did not live well in a tank Um, so my dad and I ended up taking him to a local lake and ended up, you know, letting him go. And I mean, I don't remember for sure. I think I maybe only had him for like a few weeks or something like that, but that was really my only endeavor outside of dogs was a turtle. It was probably enough time to chill your curious child mind. You know, I find that with my kids all the time where it's like, I've got to have this. This is so important. I'm going to die if it doesn't happen. And then it happens. And then two weeks later, it's like, you want to stop doing this now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, yeah, please. Went back to to the dogs we had in the house and lived happily ever after. Yeah. (laughs) I have been kind of crazy on the pet spectrum, man. I have owned snakes, which, you know, people who know about snakes, it's ball pythons. So super tame, like really docile, Um, but I've owned a few of those, um, you know, one, I had one and then I had two, so three total. Um, when I was really young growing up, we had found back in the day when, uh, you know, you had to have like a little flyer hanging up and you would tear off the phone number because it'd be printed sideways Mm -hmm. 20 times. And so we tore one of those off because just like you, uh, little kid, I wanted this free ferret that somebody was rehoming. So I got a free ferret. I had that for a while until uh, we had a roommate with my mom after my parents divorced. And uh, she was like, it looks like a rat and I can't live in a house with a rat. So they forced me to get rid of my ferret. And I love that thing. Um, Of course, you know. Oh, go ahead. My mom and grandma, I guess it kind of stopped there, but they had some, I mean, they had wild pets growing up. And the the most unique was they had a pet skunk. Oh, nice. Um, 
that it's like stinker sack was, you know, removed and stuff. It didn't know that. So it would still like hop around, you know, with its like butt pointed at you trying to trying to spray you. But he like my grandma said he was like the most loving pet and like cuddled up to you like he was a dog. And he ended up passing away of a heart attack because he was trying he tried to keep up with the dogs like he would run around the yard like he was one (laughs) of the pets. But they had they had a skunk that they rescued because it had a broken leg. And so they brought it back like from injury and had it as their childhood pet. I've heard really good things about skunks being pets. Like that's not some nominal thing. Um, you know, it's, I've heard that they are really good, just like rats. Apparently rats are extremely trainable. I know I'm kind of the same way. I I had a hamster. I don't know if I could just get past it being a rat. Yeah. Um, I feed those things to my snakes. So you know, yeah, that's definitely, I was like, I don't want to sit here and have a pet rat, but I don't know. I've heard they're trainable, you know, like you can, and, and they want attention. They want to like snuggle with you and all that kind right. of stuff. So I'm sure you would love the rat trying to snuggle with you, but, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. I, and then, you know, the, the weirdest one that I probably ever had was, and only millennials will probably get this, but Tamagotchis. Mm-hmm. A little electronic I never, pets. Had, I never had one of those. It was like, I, it never sparked my interest as a kid, but yeah. I, I'm fully aware, but I, yeah, I love that those are classified as a pet. I mean, I I, I'm classifying it as a pet cause it was, you had to feed it. You had <laughs> yeah, to secure, exercise yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my cousin and I had like these weird little ones that weren't even Tamagotchis. It was another spinoff brand, but they would fight. And so you could like train them like physically they were buff little creatures or whatever, and you could train them and then you could link them to the other person who has one and then make them fight. And one would win, one would lose. It was insane. But yeah, I've definitely gone down the pet rabbit hole, pun intended, um, you know, pretty far and, and had some really cool, unique pets and it's fun. But I will say these days, you know, my dog, he gets all the attention and love he needs from my daughter and uh, he loves her more than anyone else in the house anyway. So he's content with that. And then yeah. we've got cats that could just, they could not care less if they were, yeah, yeah. Like if I was there or not, they don't care. So yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Before we hop into everything, I always take a second to stop and thank the sponsors of this show. And if you're tired of juggling multiple platforms with your marketing and sales needs, it's time to revolutionize your business operations with Wingman. It's an all-in-one marketing automation software that's designed by experienced marketers who understand your struggles and combines the best tools to streamline your communication, automate your workflows, and grow your business. If you're ready to take your business to new heights, visit trustyourwingman.com today and let Wingman be your co-pilot to success because every business needs a wingman. But Taryn, we're here to talk about you. So just like I ask every other guest that's on this show, who are you, where'd you come from, and how'd you get into entrepreneurship? What's your origin story? So pretty interesting take from, you know, where I started to where I am. But so I'm in Kansas City now. I've always been in Kansas City. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I had always said I had two things. I was going to go to KU and I was going to be a teacher and huge KU fans like my dad went to KU. I graduated from KU. We already have our March Madness tickets. We're going to go to hopefully Omaha and see them in March. Like, we, you know, we travel. We're, we're big fans. So that was always on my list. And then I just always kind of knew that I wanted to be a teacher. So I went to KU. Um, I graduated high school in 2012, um, went to KU and pursued my education degree and graduated in 2017 with an elementary education degree. And so went straight into teaching. I got a job actually in the school district that I grew up in. Um, and 
was third grade for four years. Um, and then during my last year in fourth grade, or sorry, in third grade, um, is when the pandemic hit. So we were sent home right around spring break. The kids were told to take their, their textbooks and like everything. And we were going to try online learning and kind of finished out the year without actually doing a lot of teaching because nobody was prepared for it. I mean, who thought, you know, who, who thought so kind of finished out that year, came back and then was moved to second grade. So it was my first year in second grade and, or no, sorry, actually that was, I had one more year in third grade because I did teach when we did bring the kids back. We, they, all of the families had the choice to either teach, they could go in person or they could do remote learning. And I volunteered to be a remote teacher. So in the heart of the pandemic, I was teaching online every day. And at one point had 27 third graders online at the same time from four different schools across the district, which was not necessarily supposed to be the plan. Um, it honestly like turned out to be one of my favorite years of teaching. I ended up, that was the first taste I'd ever had from, of working from home. And so that was kind of a nice change, but, um, had to, that's where my creative side really came out. And, you know, I came up with alter egos, like the kids called me every Friday, DJ Mrs. T came out in a different costume. And I had a, a remix playlist that we do and, you know, just tried to make the best of it. Um, and then came back and um, taught one year in second grade and just kind of hit the infamous teacher burnout and was having a really big mental health struggle as to where I saw my future going and what is this what I'm supposed to be doing with the rest of my life? Um, I have a very, very supportive husband who told me of like, if it's causing you this much, much stress, if this is not what you want to do anymore, then don't do it. We have, we're fine. We'll take some time, figure out what you want to do. And so I finished out that school year. Um, and then just started really thinking about what I wanted to do, what my new purpose was going to be. And I was out on a walk one day with um, one of my dogs. I have three dogs. I have a six-year-old pit bull, um, a three-year-old Great Dane, and a one-year-old, we call her a thing. She's literally eight pounds. She fits in both hands and she's like 10 different breeds. She's one-year-old. She looks like she's like 15. Like she, <laughs> she, this, she I'm sure she, I'm sure I have two over here on the couch and one sitting laying behind me on the bed. And I'm sure she's going to make an appearance because she Heck likes yeah. to jump up on the desk. <laughs> um, but I was out on a walk with Sinclair, my pit bull, who is, you hear the term soul dog. He is my soul dog. He is highly reactive, highly anxious, literally everything in the book. And so when we got him, um, it was Mikey and I, my husband in a one bedroom apartment and Sinclair came to us and was terrified to even go outside to go to the bathroom. So it was me and Sinclair in a one-bedroom apartment with all of the dry, the dr uh, blinds drawn because he just he couldn't take it. So we we bonded very quickly. So flash forward, and this was about two years ago, and I was out on a walk with him and done a lot of training with him through a local trainer and then taking it over myself. But it was like just watching him walk, do this walk, and like thriving in his, in his environment and not freaking out about other dogs and other people in the park and things like that. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to work with dogs like Sinclair and see if there's, there we go. There they are. Yep. That's Tallulah. That's the little, uh, the little yapper. Um, but so the first idea was that I wanted to open a doggy daycare for dogs that like Sinclair that had the reactivity and like families might not actually have a place to send their dogs. And I could kind of help out with that. 
And so that's when I got the idea to get my training certification because I figured people would be more willing to work with me if I opened this kind of business, if I had something to back my name to it of like, you know, I'm not just trying this. I, I've trained. I know what to do. Um, and then once going through my uh, training certification, it was actually Sinclair, the same dog, was going through a double knee surgery because he tore both of his ACLs. Oh, my god! So he, we had a big pen set up in our living room for 12 weeks. I slept on the couch with him every night because he couldn't do the stairs. And I was like, I have all this downtime. So that's when I... I buckled down and I got my certification and doing that and doing all of the videos and everything that I had to do to pass the program. It was, I really fell in love with the work. And so, you know, opening my own daycare, opening something might happen down the road, but right now I'm a private positive reinforcement trainer. Um, so I do private sessions, which it's all in home. I come to clients and I do it there and it's, it was the best career move I could have made for myself. Cause it's like, I wake up and I'm so excited to spend time with these families who wouldn't want to spend every day with different types of dogs and, you know, get to hang out with them. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I know you spoke highly of it, so I'm sure the answer is yes. But I mean, did you love teaching? Was that like a passion of yours as well? And you kind of walked away from that passion for a, a maybe something you're more passionate for? Yeah. Um, actually I, the, the year that I ended up resigning, I was named teacher of the year for my building. Um, so I, it was absolutely a passion. I still sometimes, you know, I get asked the question all the time if I miss it. And overall my, my, my answer is no, just because of like, I'm so in love with what I'm doing now, but like there's so many families that I'm still in, in contact with. Um, some of my old families have actually become some of my clients and I actually bought Girl Scout cookies from one of my old students last week, you know, so I'm still like in tune with some friends that I've made through the school and the families and stuff like that. So it was absolutely a passion of mine. It's just it, the normal wear and tear of being a teacher and not being able to enjoy the actual aspect of teaching and everything else that comes with it. Just, it, it took a really heavy hit on me and it was it like, I felt almost like claustrophobic. You know, and like I needed to like I needed to break out and and figure out what was next. Yeah, I mean, I always give kudos to teachers because twenty seven kids on an online environment sounds bad enough, but at least there you can yeah. mute them. You know, in person when they're in that classroom. And don't get me, I love kids. Okay, I'm not bashing children. I've got three of my own, so if I didn't like them, yeah. I'd have already sold them. I'm just kidding, but. Um, I cannot imagine being trapped in a room. That's how I would feel trapped in a room with, you know, 20, 30 other people's kids. Like it just, it drives me insane to even think about it. So kudos to you and every teacher that will stand up and do that job and not only do it, but enjoy it. Um, but yeah. unfortunately I think it takes a special person for sure. Oh, a hundred percent, which I mean, a lot of jobs in the public sector do right. Firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, Absolutely. Uh, police officers, it takes a special person. Cause there's a lot of people that say there's no way I could be a cop. You know, there's no way I could run into a burning yeah. building. There's no way that I could see all the blood guts and gore or whatever the case may be. But, um, unfortunately I think nationwide, the story is pretty much the, the same that teaching has really turned so political. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, God, the fact that you, you felt so relieved by being able to work from home because I yeah. know you had early mornings. I know you had late nights. I know you had work to do at home anyway, whenever you got off of work, 
you know, I've seen the lesson plans, I've seen the grading papers I've seen, which I know in the elementary, there's probably less of the grading papers at home, but still it's, it's a lot of work and mm -hmm. entrepreneurship gives so many people freedom that I'm assuming one big draw to this is you get to work kind of when you want to, you know, you get to yeah. schedule people when you want to. And if you want to block off a day because you've got to go do something for that day, you mm -hmm. can, you know, so that's got to be a nice change for you. Yeah. It, the, fr the freedom is definitely a big plus for me. Um, like I love, I love to travel, um, love concerts. I, we figured it out. I turned 30 in May and, um, I will be going to Vegas to see a concert for my 30th birthday. And we figured out that'll be my 60th concert I've been to. Wow. So it's like, I love, yeah. Like, so being able to like have, you know, those other fun hobbies and stuff like that. And like having my own business of, you know, if I need to take a few days off then I can take a few days off. If I have a doctor's appointment, my husband has a doctor's appointment, something for the dog, you know, my own dogs, like it gives me, I don't have to worry about trying to find a sub and doing the sub plans. It's, you know, I'm on my own time and I can still give everything that I need to for my clients and, but be able to do what I need to on my own too. Yeah. One of my sisters is in the education side of things and she's moved all the way up from, I don't even know what she started as. I don't think she started as a para. I think she kind of uh -huh. started, you know, a little bit higher up, but she's on the admin side now and, and running all of the, um, forgive me for not knowing the proper terms for it, but basically the sped side of things, you know, she kind mm -hmm. of admins all that stuff. And even well, she is stuck to those same issues of, I have to be at work. So, I mean, she's somebody that we used to cruise all the time prior to the pandemic and we would cruise with her every now and then. And it was always like, Hey, I've got to have it during those regular breaks of school or on holidays. Yeah. I can't have this on, you know, a regular Monday through Friday. Cause like us, yeah, sorry, no offense to the education system, but I would rather my kids miss the first week of school and get the experience of going to three other countries and be on a cruise ship than, you know, being stuck in a classroom for those five days. I'm like, they'll get over it. Right. They'll still learn. They'll come right back and be just fine. I want to give those experiences. So I would just, we're going to skip school for a week. I don't care. Whereas my sister's like, I can't do that. I have to be there, yeah, you know, and even at the there. admin side, she doesn't have to get a sub or anything else. There is no sub it's her. So yeah. she's stuck and, and that's gotta yeah. be rough now going into teacher turn trainer a little yeah. bit here. And, and I may put you onto something if you're not doing this, which is kind of when you talk to Andrew or myself uh, here at beefy marketing, anytime, that's kind of like, we always have a million ideas flooding our heads you enjoyed so much being able to work from home and being in the online environment. You told me you come in home to do these trainings. Is this something that you're able to turn into an online training and have you done that yet? Or are you considering it? I have not done that. Um, we actually, my husband and I were just talking about that last week of like being an option, but I'm a part of, you know, different Facebook groups and different, um, training, um, groups and things like that. And a lot of people do offer online sessions as an option. So then they can reach farther than just their own city. But yeah, I've, I don't do it yet. It's um, been something that I've talked about, but it absolutely is an option, especially now, you know, if there's, if there's heavier behaviors to deal with, like, you know, reactivity, aggression, things like that, that's probably not suitable for online. Sure. But if it's just like, you know, I need help potty training, I need help, like my dog not rushing the front door. Those are absolutely things that a trainer, myself, whoever could teach you 
online. But yeah, I, I know quite a few trainers that offer that and, and people really seem to like it. And especially during the pandemic and af- post pandemic, like online communication and stuff like that is something people started getting used to for sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, this sounds so lazy and I'm not a lazy person, so I don't, I don't mind saying it because I, I've got one of the most physical jobs in the world. I've got one of the most like non-physical jobs in the world as a part-time job. Um, right. And then I've got a lot going on. Right. So I don't like leaving my house to have to go do something no matter what it Mm -hmm. is. Like, I don't care if you tell me there's free ice cream. I'm like, cool. Can you bring it by the house? Like I'll pay you for it. If you bring it to that, like, I don't want to leave for free ice cream. I don't want to leave for anything, you know? Um, And so I've got a pet smart and a Petco, two big super chain stores that offer Mm -hmm. dog training. And one of them is like five minutes away. The other one's 10 minutes away. And in Texas time, that's a very short drive. And yeah. so I, I've not taken my border collie to get trained like I wanted to from the moment we got him. Why? Because it takes too much to go there, right? And load up the dog who he doesn't like the car uh, and then take him there, do the training, come back, takes up my time. Whereas if I had something at the house, this would be so amazing. Yep. I'd hire you today to, you know, yeah. especially because border collies, as you know, they're working dogs and they want that. Like he yeah. thrives on having a task to Activity. complete. Uh-huh. And so, um, and he's so trainable. I mean, literally one yeah. of the girls that works in the office, we actually like skipped work for an entire day, CEO included to go adopt a dog from my house from a shelter. Uh, so that was quite epic. Like we spent half of the day during the day prior at work, like looking for dogs because I said, uh-huh. and then this is the thing is she's a dog lover like you. And I made the mistake of uttering in my office, I'm loosely considering adopting a dog. And then that turned into yeah. 568. It doesn't matter how loose you we were talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're going to do it. Yeah. So I got like 568 dogs sent to me, not by spammers, uh-huh. not by, you know, breeders, not by shelters, but by the people in my office and my, my wife coworkers. telling me yeah. like, hey, here's all these dogs. And then we got one that was named Hot Dog. Uh, we, we changed his name to Loki, but um, you had Hot Dog and Hamburger. They were brothers, I think. And they were Border Collies. One of them was gone. Hot dog was still available. We had to fight to get this dog. Um, mm-hmm. We showed up when, because I guess border collies are just like, they fly out of shelters. Yes. And um, so we got there first. We were first in line, sitting at the gate, ready to go. And this lady pulled up when we finally got let in five minutes early through the gate to the the front mm-hmm. office. And they said, hey, just hang out for five minutes because we're not open yet. So don't go in there bugging them just yet. Give them time. No problem. This other lady pulls up and then she gets out and she goes inside. And I said, she's going to get our damn dog. A hundred percent. She's going <laughs> no to get way. our dog. So I was like, all right, well, screw the rules. I'm going. So I walked in right. and they're like, Hey, how can we help you? And I was like, I'm here to see hot dog. And they're like, Oh, well she was here first and it's first come first serve. And I said, cool. I was here first. Well, sir, she walked in and it's first come first serve. And I said, I've been here 30 minutes prior to when you open on my phone, in my car waiting. And then I followed the rules Long story short, she was such a nice lady. And she was like, I've got four border collies at home. We were just going to add to the collection. Um, And I saw your vehicle when you pulled in. You're totally right. I'm going to let you go see this dog. And we took him home, man. He was so loving right there. And then now he's so attached to my daughter. But Kara, who is in the office, she's the one who like got us this dog. She loves training dogs. So she comes over to the house and in Mm -hmm. one sitting, I'm talking maybe an hour of training that she was doing just as for fun. This Mm -hmm. dog sits, he'll lay down, he'll roll over. 
Um, mm-hmm. He'll ring the bells on the back door to go out to the bathroom. And I'm, yep. I, we did not do potty training. We did not do any of this stuff. Like he's so smart. So um, just a, a word of encouragement for my little tangent there. If anybody, it's like, if you've got a dog at home, if you're having issues, dogs are so smart. I mean, they are just yeah, my, they just need guidance. yeah, they will, they can figure anything out and they, they need mm-hmm. that guidance. And the problem is, is that like, I can watch YouTube videos all day, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be the best. And he may pick it up because he is so smart. But having a training resource like you, if you need somebody that's in person, you're not in the Kansas City area, find someone. But if you are in Kansas City, hire this woman because uh, I could just tell your passion for animals and that shows. And to me, that's the most important thing. I, I used to have a German Shepherd and we had to get rid of him because he was aggressive. And he was not aggressive when we first got him. I know they're obviously a more aggressive breed than others, but um, he wasn't just protective. He was like overly protective. And then all of a sudden I took him to get professionally trained. And -hmm. what happened was I taught license to carry courses in Texas. So I could come out and instruct you, get you a license to carry a handgun. And so we, we made a trade. He was like, I'll keep max for a period of time. And then he'll come back to you trained. And then you just come teach license to carry for my friends and family up to a certain amount of people. And I was like, cool deal. Let's do it. And so we do that. Well, when max came back, he was different. And I think he was either abused or um, I do know that I saw a shock collar on him whenever I got back to pick him up. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so they are doing some type of therapy that is abusive to this it's dog. And after mm-hmm. that, he was aggressive toward males. Um, he bit my father-in-law. He bit my niece's boyfriend at the time. I mean, just bite after bite after bite, broke out of our house, scratched a neighbor. And so unfortunately we could not have him any longer, but yeah. Um, it's important to hire the right trainer. And just by talking to you on this show right now, I could tell you're that person. So it's exciting. It's refreshing to see. Um, What do you think, getting back to the actual reason we're here now, (laughs) what do you think is like some common misconceptions or things people need to know before they come to you? Like, is there anything that's ever stood out that it's like, I'm telling every customer that hires me this, like the whole world should know it. Like what, what should we know about dog training? I would say the biggest misconception that I've seen is like dog training. I think some people have the mindset that dog training, you only need dog training if like your dog is showing unwanted behaviors. Whereas I am under, I'm under the thought that I think every single dog could use some training. Now it doesn't have to be like, even my three dogs have completely different needs. You know, Sinclair is, like I said, he's highly reactive. He's anxious to everything. Like just last weekend when the Chiefs won the game on Sunday, we came home. We went to a friend's house to watch the game. We came home. We opened the door to let him go outside. He wouldn't even go outside. He like cowered in the kitchen, wouldn't move. And we figured out it's because there had been fireworks that were going off. And he was so freaked out by the fireworks that he wouldn't even go outside. So he, you know, he has completely different needs than what my other two need, which is not as much. And so I even, I just, I think that every dog can benefit from some type of training, whether it's a brand new puppy to the home and you just need basic obedience. Like you said, sit down, stay all of the basics, or you need something to the level of what Sinclair needs, which is going on socialization field trips and just getting him used to the world and to see that it's not such a scary place. But every single dog has some type of need that owners might not be able to handle themselves. And like, like you said, like you started watching YouTube, you tried to do it on your own and you probably did a lot of good of starting it 
starting that process and starting to build that relationship with your dog. But you do need somebody that knows a little bit more than you might know and be able to come in and take it to the next level. But dog training is not just for dogs that are, you know, bad dogs. And I don't like to say that there's, to me, there's not a bad dog out there. Dogs are misunderstood. You, half of it is just learning how to communicate with them and speak their language because they obviously don't speak ours. So you just have to build that relationship. So it's not just for dogs that are disobedient or not listening. It's, you know, even just my dog is crazy on a leash and he's strong and he pulls me because he's so excited to see every single squirrel and every single human. Like that can be trained, that can be helped. So I always tell all of my clients and and I offer options to come back and do like individual sessions just because even just a refresh here and there is so helpful to a dog's long-term being and their long-term success. Yeah. I, there's, I don't know. I I think every dog needs it from what I know limited about Mm -hmm. animals in general, but, um, I think every dog needs it in order to just kind of have that normal. This is, this is what I need to do. This is my life. This is what's expected of me. I mean, even with my dog, I can see there, you know, like he, like I said, his strongest, connection is to my daughter because when we got him, it was summertime. My kids were home all the time and my daughter was the one that paid the most attention to him. So when I tell you that like nothing comes between him and her, he has anxiety about her leaving. She'll want to go spend the night at a friend's house or go play with her friends down the road. And he either lays on the couch with his head on the uh, armrest so that he can watch the front door or he'll actually go lay by the front door and just sit there you can tell he's anxious. You could tell he hates his life until she gets home. And we are definitely, my wife and I are definitely just like those things that I'll deal with for now because at least they're here, but he's definitely not as connected to us. And then, um, if we leave, then our Furbo camera constantly is going off dog howling alert, dog barking, dog whining, all of those things, because he's just losing his mind. True separation anxiety. Um, I'll I'll tell you the biggest thing that I would ever like me personally, if you would ask me this question, bells on the back door. Mm -hmm. It makes a crazy difference. Oh my God. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life because having gone through like dachshunds who pee on everything all the time for no reason and other types of dogs that, you know, because my mom had dachshunds and all that kind of stuff and, and just seeing them pee everywhere all the time. I was like, this is so nerve wracking. I hate it. I can't stand a stinky house. But my dog literally goes to the back door and rings the bells when he wants to go out. Mm-hmm. And then we did that. We we started the bells for our Great Dane, and she. We don't have to use them anymore because we just getting the third dog. Third dog was not a plan. She was a foster. She was not the plan. She was a foster fail, um, and we just we couldn't let her go. So you know, once she came into the mix, and she's so tiny, and she has such a tiny bladder that we have to have different routines in place. But our when we first got Glenda, the Great Dane, she was we trained her on the bells, and it was. We, it happened by accident and then we just continued it. I wasn't a trainer yet, but we had had this like Christmas decoration that was bells on the back door. And then she started ringing them to go outside and we're like, okay, we're, yep, we're whirling with this. We're, we're going to keep going. It's awesome. And he'll even, um, he'll ring the bells when he wants to go out. Our neighbor has two dogs and one of them is like his best friend in the world. Mm -hmm. And so he'll ring the bells when he just wants to go see if she's out to go play, Yep. you know, and they, uh, it's kind of cute. There's like a little divot in between our yards under the fence and both of them will lay down and put their heads in there nose to nose just so they can like see each other and be with each other so my neighbor 
at, at some point we're actually going to do it. We've talked about it several times and he's like, I'm ready to move forward with it, but we're going to build a gate between our yards so that we can just open the gate and then let the dogs kind of freely go between both yards. Cause we both have, he's probably got like a little over a quarter acre property and I have a half acre property, even though we're in a subdivision, I've got a little bit more land. And, um, so it's like, dude, let them dogs run back there let them have fun. It's awesome. And he has to burn energy because he is extremely hyper. So, um, I definitely agree with you. Every dog needs some training. What about, have you ever had anyone who feels like, okay, I've waited too long and now it's too late. Like I've, I've thought about that with Loki, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. Man, I mean, I know he's a border collie. I know he's smart, but now that he's almost two years old, have I waited too long or is any time a good time to start? Any time is a good time to start. I've had my, the ages of my clients have ranged from, I mean, I'll start as early as I tell families when they're getting new puppies that they should give themselves about a month to just build a relationship with the dog and just get, they just need to get used to their routines of like, when's bathroom time, when's food time, thing, when's nap time, stuff like that. And then I'll come in and we can start doing the basics and stuff. But I mean, I'll start as early as 10 to 12 week old puppies. And then my um, oldest graduate was a nine-year-old Chihuahua mix. Wow. So there's really no, and he needed, it wasn't just basics. Like he was kind of, he was kind of yappy and he, him and his brother, he had a four-year-old French bulldog brother and they would rush the door um, and not let anybody come in the house. And so we taught them like a stay command, a place command. I taught them quiet. So their mom would look at him and go like this and they would stop barking. So, I mean, it's honestly, it's never too late. Like if you have an issue that you want corrected or you need help figuring it out, even if they are old as, as old as seven, eight, nine, whatever, their dogs are so intelligent, way beyond what we even realize. They're going to pick up anything. I mean, Sinclair is, you know, he's six. He's kind of getting into the older age. And I mean, I still, he's my guinea pig for wanting to try new things because he's, so incredibly intelligent that he just, he picks it up so quick. Like there's, yeah, you could do from puppyhood to, to old age, just, you know, get them the help that you want them to have for sure. Do you think there's any, any dog that's too far gone? Like, are you the Caesar Milan of, you know, dog whisperer? Like you can work with any dog or do you think, you know, like Max, when we had him, should I have gone and invested in some training to try and and get him better? Or do you think there is a point where dogs are just too far gone with what they've gone through? I, I think it depends. I think it's a case by case situation. Like, I think for your case, it sounds like it just, it was not a good fit for your family anymore. And especially in your situation when like, and I don't know if you had, you know, you had kids around at the time, little babies. Yeah. So when you have youngs like that, that you need, that has to be your main focus. That's what you need to protect. And if a dog is not suitable for that situation anymore, then yeah, it's probably not the best situation for you. Is it, is this dog too far gone to where they're not going to improve the behaviors you're seeing? No, but it's probably not the best situation for you anymore. Like we talk about that, like that with Sinclair. I mean, he, he, you'll hear me talk about him a lot just between the three of them, the three of my dogs, I love them equally. I don't have human children. I, my dogs are my kids at this point. And, you know, I I love them just like that. But Sinclair and I have been through a lot together. He came to me in a point in my life when we really needed him. Um, Mikey and I, my husband, we were, we had a, our first dog together was a black lab. Um, And he unfortunately passed away at 16 months old. We think we, we think he, it was a heart attack. We're not really sure, but, um, it was on a St. Patrick's day and my mom came home and he was, he was 
asleep in his kennel. And so it was like, that was the first time we'd ever had a big, you know, loss like that. And I found Sinclair a few months later and it was love at first sight. And I didn't care what Mikey was going to say. I was going to bring this out home. <laughs> and it's one of those things where like looking back on it now, like Sinclair was meant to be with us because we truly believe that if he was with anybody else, he, he would not be at the successful point he is now because he does have a bite history. Um, he does have a reactive protective side and you have to definitely be able to handle that. So if it's not right for your family, then, you know, you find the training help. If you've exhausted all other options, then no, I don't think the dog's too far gone, but it's probably too far gone for your situation. Right. And you can bring in a trainer and help. I have a dog that I'm working with right now that I've, I, oh my gosh, I love her. I even brought her to my house for a full day. I sent my dogs to daycare and I did like a day train program with her and I brought her to my house and we did eight hours of training and we put that in place because at that time her family was, was considering rehoming her because it was every, every alternative, every modification that we put in place for her was not showing a difference. And it was just, they had three kids. It's, they're both working. The dad was, is going through a surgery. Like they, it was, it was a lot for them. Um, and so we are still working together now. They, we've got her, part of it was medication. She needed an anxiety medication. And once we were able to get her on the right medication and kind of get her to her brain to slow down and be able to actually process what we're trying to teach her, it made a huge difference. And now she's starting to thrive in the home. So it's just, you got to like, you got to find every option that you want to, if you want to put in that effort, then you figure out what you need to do. But then if you've exhausted all of those options and even a trainer is like, I don't think this is the best situation, then you have to do what's best for your family and for the dog and just mutual decision of just trying to figure out what's next. That's fair. It's just, it's so hard. I know some people don't care. Some people aren't the same as others. Like I'm an empath. You're obviously a dog lover, you know, so you are going to feel a lot different about someone getting rid of a dog than, yeah. um, even I would feel, and even though I don't like it. Not get to that. Yeah. That too, for sure. So you, you always like have that second guess, you know, and, and we were in a very different position back then. I mean, this was years and years ago, but, um, it, it's reassuring to hear that sometimes things are just not fit for your situation. But I would say, the overarching important thing here, the message out of that is talk to a trainer. They're the mm -hmm. professionals. They're the ones who are trained to do this type of stuff. So, you know, figure out what is best. And I mean, of course, yeah, at 100%, whatever is best for my family and my kids is going to happen regardless of what the cost is to the animal. I love animals, but ultimately animals are not greater than my children. Like that's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't have a Jamie here, uh, you know, like Joe Rogan does. So I had to go do my own research while we were talking, but there's this really cool Netflix show. If you haven't seen it, it's called the future of, and they have a dog like communication episode. So what do you think the, the differences are going to be with AI, with technology and these changes? Like, you know, already we've got the Furbo camera, my dog, took about 2.3 seconds to learn that when that dog squeak toy sound comes out of the camera, a treat follows it. Um, yeah. you know, what do you think technology is going to do in this space, both for pet owners and for pets? Because this show starts talking about how, like maybe these cameras that are in the homes are actually going to be able to interpret what your dog is saying, right? Because you, you talk to dogs, like you don't, 
speak out of your mouth and they understand everything and, and you understand what their barks mean. But when you do speak out of your mouth, sometimes they understand what you mean. When you yeah. use certain body language, they understand what you mean. You know, you're communicating with animals. So do you think that tech is going to like further that ability to actually like have a, not a conversation with your dog, but understand even more than we ever thought? I think it's already coming to that point because they even have those. I was again, I was just talking about this with my husband of like I wanted to try it on our dogs, but they even have those the buttons, you know, the, the yes. buttons that dogs will hit, and you know, it tells them when they want to go outside and when they want food and stuff. Like, I mean, there it's already kind of like it's already heading in that direction. Now, do I think I don't know if you've ever seen? I'm a big Disney fan. I don't know if you've ever seen Up. Oh yeah, and the dogs, the dogs, you know, they have the collars that like make them have the human voices and they talk. Now, are we ever going to get to something like that? I, that's farther than my brain can comprehend. But I mean, technology is definitely going to play a part, especially if we're already at the, at the, uh, the stage where we have the buttons for dogs and they can like literally communicate somehow in a human voice. But I mean, even on another side of it, um, some of our good friends just had their baby like last week and they were telling us that there are new cribs and crib mattresses that will track um like their sleeping patterns yep. and if there's a fever and you know all of these crazy things that they didn't even have you know 10 20 years ago my buddy so has it, one it's it's crazy to me even them um there was a there's a sock or something too that they wear yep. that like kind of pulse oximeter pulse rate. Yeah. He can, he can log Mm -hmm. in and see, he can be like, yeah, Owen's breathing at 22 times a minute or, you know, like all these crazy things, which to me, so I am a firefighter and a paramedic as well. And, um, being a paramedic gives you an inherent like fear of things happening to your own family. So I'm like one of those insane parents that I have my routine at night. And then, especially when they were younger, I used to all the time, just like after I put them to bed, go downstairs, do my thing. And then I'd have to go back upstairs, open the door, listen to them breathe. Or if we had a baby monitor, grab that baby monitor and watch and then listen for them breathing because I just had to check and make sure they were breathing. And you can make fun of it all you want, but I diagnosed two of my children with sleep apnea, went to the ENT and then the ENT diagnosed them, you know, the, the actual problem that was causing the apnea and solved it. Right. And I mean, my daughter, I'm talking, I think I counted like nine seconds without breathing that Mm -hmm. she had gone because of apnea. She had abnormally large um, uh, tonsils and adenoids. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm that psychotic person that I love those types of tech. The thing about it is we can only understand. I had this conversation with somebody the other day, like the Jetsons. Everybody's like, well, the Jetsons was a miss, right? Or you have the other side that's like, they hit it spot on. And and I'll tell you why they hit it spot on is because they only understood when that show was made technology to what they had available at the time, just like us right now. We couldn't imagine six, seven years ago that this learning capable AI was going to be able to hear what you say and then dream up new things for you to do, say how to act or email to send or whatever the case may be by analyzing everything that was going on. We couldn't imagine that would be an occurrence that could happen. And same thing with Mm -hmm. the Jetsons, right? They talked about Zoom calls on the Jetsons. It was just this old big tube TV where you could go to your doctor's office, you know, telemedicine. Um, They had these little transportation devices where your kid could go to school in that transportation device that ran under everything or attend school on a TV. And it's like the pandemic showed us that yes, kids can go to school without having to be there. Like it was spot on 
for the tech that they had in that day. And I think we're probably in that same era where it's like maybe the dog collar would work because with AI, it could have some type of learning tool built into it where it senses the dog's pulse rate, breathing rate, you know, its reaction to what it's doing, how it's moving, the bark, the tone of that bark, all these different things and be able to formulate an educated guess on what the dog is wanting to say. So instead of clicking one button and getting one word, a sentence is formed, you know, maybe a three or four word choppy sentence, like a four-year-old or a five-year-old would mutter. But I definitely think technology is going to have a huge impact on the market. And I'm pretty excited for that. So getting more into your stuff specifically, what would you say is good prep for me to figure out and know if you're going to be a good fit for me and my animal, you know, kind of, how do I get started? Like, just walk me through what you want someone right now listening, who's in your area and can hire you to kind of think through in their mind so that they would be well-prepared when they call you. Definitely. The first step is, is finding a trainer that follows practices that you would want to use. So like you said, with your German shepherd and he came back wearing a shot collar and that was not something you were necessarily um, excited about. Um, so my practices is, is I'm, I'm certified as a positive reinforcement trainer. So I like to say that instead of consequences, we use redirection. Um, so the farthest type of tool that I will use in regards to like collars and things like that is I will use, I've used it on a few clients of like a beep, it's a beep collar. There's no vibration. There's no shock. It's literally just like a beep. That's like a tap on the shoulder of, Hey, I'm across the yard, but I'm asking you to listen to me. That's as far as I go. Everything else is based. It's reward based. It's a lot of paying attention and patience of trying to, like you said, understand the body language and realize that they're not listening because they don't want to. They're not listening because they don't understand. They don't know what I'm expecting them to do. So I would say your first step is definitely finding a trainer um, that fits the needs that you would want to see. I've worked with quite a few families with kids and they've said, you know, well, I am like a positive reinforcement parent. So why wouldn't I do that with my dogs as well? So they appreciate the practices that I use. Um, And then also trying to figure out like your schedule and what works best for your setup. And that's why I love that my offer is private in-home trainings because one, it takes the stress off of you to have to go somewhere and find a trainer and take them to a facility. I come to you so that I work around your schedule. And then also the behaviors that you're seeing are happening in your home. So why not train them in your home and have them work in the environment that's causing them problems? Because if, I mean, dogs are such black and white creatures that Even if I teach them a skill and then it's time for the owners to try it and the dog regresses a few steps, it's because they didn't understand that change of me teaching it to them and then the owner taking over. And so they're just, you know, they can be so finicky like that with their routines and their environment and stuff. So pulling them out of their environment and taking them to a facility might not do as much help for them than training them in home where you see those behaviors happening. So it's really all about just finding what works best for your family, price range, availability, things like that is just, it's finding what is, what works best for you. Definitely. I mean, I think, like I said, if, if, uh, if I would have thought ahead of time to find someone like you available for that, then I would be a lot further along than I am right now, but you've definitely inspired me to get some more training for Loki because, you know, I've seen some behaviors with him too. Um, some of that like protective aggression 
where uh, we are positive reinforcement parents, but we are also every now and then a little bit of negative reinforcement parents. I will, I will put a hand across your butt if you ain't listening to me. Um, but even if it's because I, I can't tell you the last time that I truly like put a kid over my knee and spanked to them, you know, it's right. usually just a little pop like, hey, get your attention type thing. But even if it is just that little pop, even if it's playing, Loki will jump up. And he doesn't bite, but he's nipping and letting you know, like, hey, I don't like that. Stop. You know, so there's yeah. definitely some things I think we need to work on there. So I think we're going to have to talk after the show about maybe kicking off your online training a little early, even if I help you with that, because I, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. And he yeah. needs it more importantly. And I think most of our listeners at home, even if they don't realize that their dogs need it, too. So yeah. um, I know budget can be an issue for people. And I'm sure that obviously you, I'm sure you don't have a set price that's for everybody. I'm sure that it's situational dependent, how far the drive is, how many trainings you're doing, or, you know, all of these things. But on average, is this something where I need to have 500 bucks saved up 1500 bucks or $5,000 to work with you specifically, but also just for training in general? Training in general is a, is a, broader spectrum for sure. Because when I, I just went through um, a price change after finishing my, I started this business in November of 2022. Um, so hitting my year mark. And then at the end of 2023 is I, you know, decided to go ahead and, and do a little bit of a price increase. So for training on a spectrum completely, I mean, you hit it on the head of like, it could be anywhere from 500 to 2000, you know, it depends on what kind of trainer, what kind of program for me specifically, um, my most expensive package is less than 700 and that is an eight session package. So that's a lot of training that you can get done in those eight sessions, whether it's once a week, twice a week, if it needs to be spread out than that. Um, but I, for me specifically, I offer individual sessions. Um, and then I have a four session, six session and eight session package. And how I have it set up is that I, I do a consultation um, and then I show them my pricing, but they put down just a flat deposit and then they can kind of decide from there, you know, if we get to the four sessions and they're like, we're great, we're, you know, we want to take a little bit of a break, then that's the program they graduate from. Or if they need, you know, we want to go ahead and add those two sessions on, or we want to do the full eight, they have opportunities to figure out what works best for them. But for me, I would, I try to stay on the more affordable side, um, for my, my area and my network. Um, so like I said, for me, my max is, I want to say it's like 640 and that's for the full eight sessions that you can, I mean, an eight sessions goes a long way. So it's, it's a lot more, if you find the right trainer, you're not going to have to, you know, take out a loan to do dog training. It can be very affordable and something that's very manageable. I like to offer, um, I offer payment plans. I offer, um, first responders discounts. So I have somebody that they have a, 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 firefighter and a nurse in the home. So they got a 15% discount because they, you know, do so much for the community. Um, I plan on doing something in the month of May because since coming from a teacher background and, you know, that's where a lot of my heart still lies that, you know, maybe we're going to do some kind of teacher discount or some kind of promotion, something like that for sure. Gotcha. And, and the training that I'm getting from you, is that something I can use? Like I know AKC, I think has some like you know, basic obedience training, like almost certificates that you go through. Is that something I can use for you if I go into more advanced training, like search and rescue or something crazy? Or is yours mainly just for personal enjoyment 
of your dog and for your dog? Mine's personal enjoyment, because especially to be able to take it to the next levels of like um, emotional support, service, um, things like that, you have to have a special certification. And at that time, at this time, I don't have that certification. So mine's definitely for just personal use and what works best for your life and your family. But I range from basic obedience to leash training to reactivity. Um, One of my, she holds a very special place in in my heart. Her name is Betty. Um, we did the first time I met her for a consultation, we did it in the driveway and she would not let me within five feet of her and her mom because she was so protective of her owner and she didn't, I was a stranger. I was a threat. She didn't want me anywhere around. Um, so that was our consultation and I became personally invested in it because I looked at her and she was like the female version of Sinclair. So not only did I have a professional standpoint that I could bring to the to the table, I was personally invested. So I was like, this is my dog. I, I've been through, I know where the owner is coming from with this situation. I want to be able to help them. I want them to grow their relationship. So we started, we did it backwards. And instead of starting in the home, we went to parks and we did outside sessions and field trips to where I wasn't coming into her home where she was overprotective and overreacting. Right. Um, and so by that eighth session, we, I took a video and I was sitting on the, I was sitting on the ottoman trying to get my camera out. Cause you know, everything that I do is teacher themed. So we, I, I have a valedictorian package. I have a straight A's package an honor roll package. They graduate. I bring my, my graduation cap and the bandana and they get, um, certification. Like they get a, a graduation certificate. That is they amazing. Take home. So I'm trying to like get all of that prepared. And all of a sudden Betty jumps up and she puts her head right here on my shoulder and she started like kissing my face. Oh my God. So that just shows you in that eight sessions, she hated my guts the first time she met me because I was a scary, scary stranger. And then now it's to the point where the owner has even told me, um, I offered a, I have a nice camera that I'll do the, the graduation photos with and stuff. So around the holidays, I offered a photo package where they could buy a photo package and I came and took family photos for their Christmas cards. And so she signed up for one. And so she said when she was, getting Betty ready. She was like, do you want to see Taryn? Is Taryn coming over? And she knew who Taryn was and she got excited. And so it's oh just, my God. I, it's, I'm definitely a personal going back to the question. I'm, I'm a personal, personal growth trainer, but even just for that, we can make a lot of changes and we can show a lot of progress in your dog. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and that was not to degrade, you know, no, what no, you do at, all. at yeah. all. I mean, it has its place. Um, mm-hmm. I just know there are people out there who they want to look at more advanced training, you know, and, and I think regardless, you, you got to start somewhere and this is a good start, you know, yes. because I'll tell you like Max, I thought, I thought I was going to be like one of the most badass like dog owners in the world. I was like German yeah. shepherd. He's going to be amazing. I'm going to okay. train him for search and rescue, you know, all this stuff. And then he just didn't have the temperament for it. He was just too mm-hmm. much of a spaz and he was you know, just too hyperactive, which not to say you couldn't have trained him, right? If I could have brought right. him to you, maybe I would have had a better look at how he would have done in that training and maybe a whole different trajectory for his life and our life with him, you know? So right. I think it's, it's very important to get this type of training, regardless of what you want to do after it. And I heard you say yet. So I'm just assuming that the sky could be the limit here and you never know what yeah. you're going to be offering in the next one, two, three years. I mean, you said you've been doing this a year now, so uh, we got to give the company time to grow and who's, who knows what's, yeah. what, to, what is to come. I, that's for sure. My, one of my favorite things I have increased, cause I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a 
I'm a very type A person. I'm a very motivated person. I do not like to sit around and like do nothing. Like even with this, this is my, you know, I started this business on my own. Um, but it's not even my only business. This is part of my job. And then I also, um, I'm a creative director at a winery in the area as well. So I split my time, you know, doing all these different like passion projects. Um, but one thing that I've done specifically for my training business is not only do I offer um, dog training and things like that, but I also do weddings. So I'm, you can hire me as like a pet handler for your wedding. So I have three different packages that people can buy. And basically the goal is if you want your dog incorporated in your wedding day at all, hire me and let me take care of it. So I, I had, um, I had a, the most recent wedding that I did was in November. Um, and it was three dogs. Two of them had graduated from my program anyways. And then they, like, they found me, I did one of the trade shows and had a booth for my wedding, um, for my wedding business. And they found me through that, hired me for training and, and had me do the wedding. But I, so they hired me for, and it was a six hour day. I pick the dogs up from the house. I go to the wedding. We did them in photos. We, um, I took my mom as my second hand cause I needed, there's three dogs. I can't do three dogs on my own. We walked the dogs down the aisle. Like they were the ring bearers, but it was like, it was such a joy for the, the couple that they were able to have their dogs in this special day because the dogs mean so mean so much to them, but they didn't have to worry about it. They hired me to take care of that. So that's one of like one of the newest additions to my business is that I'm branching out and doing the other side. But I have already have I did um, three weddings in 2023. I already have my first one booked for February. Um, that's going to be two little Yorkies that I'll be traveling to and from and getting them in, in the wedding photos and stuff. So that's another fun aspect of my business. That's just, it's, it's a blast. Yeah. I didn't even think about all the other ways that you could monetize and have fun doing different things. Like that's, that's insane that, you know, a whole basically different business, like a whole different yeah. way to, to make money and mm -hmm. make a living. So that, that's amazing. I'm going to force myself to stop asking you questions. I have like 30 more. Uh, and we just probably don't have time for that today. So right. uh, I'm going to stop myself out of respect for your time and our listeners time, because I'm sure they're like an hour long episode. What the hell? Um, <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> as you could tell, I was going to say, like, I'm passionate about this. I didn't even yes. know that I was going to be that passionate about it whenever we started. And then I can tell you are as well. And I appreciate that. But real quick, where can we, are you on YouTube or anything like that? Can I learn from you? Like, are you making any content, TikTok, anything yet? Um, and then just how do I connect with you and get in touch, especially if I'm a listener and I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to hire her to take care of my dogs. Yeah. And if you want to be my, one of my first, uh, maybe you're right that this is the jump off for a, a virtual business as well. We'll see. Um, but I am on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. If you look up teacher turned trainer, it's turned like past tense ED. Um, you can find me on both Facebook and Instagram. And then really any, the easiest starting point to find me is teacherturntrainer.com. I have my bio, I have all of my pricing, and then I have links to my social media through there. Um, so that's where I'm doing the content. Um, I do a lot of, I take videos I t um, of all of my clients and all of the fun things we're doing with that. I have a fun series that I call, um, it's called Will Glenda Eat It? Because my Great Dane is literally the pickiest eater I've ever met. Oh, and wow. so we find a lot of human foods that are dog friendly. And we try to see if, she, at least once a month, we try to see if she'll eat it. And most of the time she doesn't. Um, so it's really fun to see <laughs> whether she will or not. So I try to bring a variety in my content of not just dog training, but other just like really any type of dog needs field trip, like what it looks like to take your dog on a field trip, 
Um, I make my own homemade treats that I offer to my clients. So I have a, you know, the recipe for that up and all over. But yes, if you just look up teacher turned trainer on Facebook, Instagram, or you go to teacherturntrainer.com, that's the easiest place to find me. Yeah. And we'll have all those links in the show notes, of course, like we do for every episode. So if you're wanting to check out what she has going online, all you have to do is head over to our show notes, which should be right below where you're listening right now and click that link and it'll take you to whichever way you want to connect with her for sure. I lied. I'm going to, I'm going to bring one more thing up just because you triggered something in my head when you said Linda is so picky. So I would assume chicken livers are good for dogs, right? I, yes, I I don't see why not. Right. I was, I don't have, I don't have necessarily like actual, um, data on that. All right. Well, so, that. so we'll table um, that and we'll look it up and okay. we'll see. But I thought, I mean, my Loki is like a vacuum cleaner sometimes, right? It doesn't, even if you don't want him to eat it, sometimes it's going to get eaten. We call Sinclair the trash can. Yeah. He'll just, I mean, he'll, he'll take anything, everything. And so I was like chicken liver, you know, as I'm getting ready to smoke this chicken beer, butt chicken. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's going to love this. So I just plop it on my ceramic tile and he comes over and probably pulled a Glenda move and like sniffs it and then immediately kind of wrinkles his nose. Like, what are you trying to do to me? And then walks away. And now I had to wipe up chicken liver off my floor. So I feel that pain. I can only imagine how many times you were like, she's going to love it and you throw it down. And then it's just, crapped on. I mean, we tried, you know, we, I've, I've done, I've done a variety of things because coming from having Sinclair first, who will literally eat anything. Like even he jumped up on my counter and ate chocolate on Christmas Eve, Ugh. which resulted in a 1030 emergency vet appointment for him and I on Christmas Eve this year. I mean, he <laughs> will eat everything and we, we have to, you know, we're, we're, we're training that we've put in some new, uh, some new tricks, um, since Christmas Eve for that. But I mean, for Glenda, we've tried, I've tried watermelon, strawberries, apples, um, vegetables, fruit, everything. Literally the only episode that has been successful was pumpkin. She liked pureed pumpkin. That was the only thing I've been able to get her to try from our series. But for anyone that's wondering, I did just Google it and it says dogs can eat chicken lever. It's one of the best meat sources that they can eat. That's what I figured. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert on it, so I definitely don't want to speak out of turn. That's why I always ask, but... Yeah, good. Lower in calories, high in protein. Nice. I mean, sounds like I should be eating chicken liver, but I just can't do it. I cannot bring myself to do it. So not quite. Well, that's it. I'm not going to take up any more of your time or our listeners time. Listeners, we thank you as always for tuning in for another episode of Small Business Origins. It's been a great conversation. Awesome entrepreneur, some really cool things going on. I really hope that you'll check her out and uh, see if she's a good fit for you. And then who knows, maybe we will have something launched pretty soon where we can get her online, at least some training videos you can buy or something. I mean, we got to have something because I need it. It's a selfish ask here, but that's how it is. Taryn, you've been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was great to meet you today. And I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Listeners, we'll see you on the next one. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.